somewhere. There we go. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. I'm going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. It's your host, Ken. And uh, I kind of missed you. It's been, I don't know, it feels like it's been a few days since I've actually been on here. Last Thursday, we had about, uh, I think I recorded three episodes last Thursday. So if I go one or two days without uh, without talking mental health with somebody, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious. I'm wondering what's going on. <laughs> Cassia, thanks for agreeing to join with us today and showing up and, and being kind of a, your vibrant self. Well, I'm so honored and I'm glad to be easing your anxiety as we talk about mental health here <laughs> via contributing voice that you get to talk to about this. <laughs> yeah, you get to be one of the little uh, one of the little beehive, uh, you know, spots in the in the hive, this kind of mental health hive that we're creating of, of you know, just different people, different experiences that are in the space trying to make some impact. And as you saw that that video was done, the voiceover on that was probably about almost 20 months ago. And I really had no idea what I was going to find. And, and like I said in there, I was trying to find what's the common thread among, you know, 260 people and it's mental health, you know, emotional, emotional well-being, the things people had overcome. And again, that's why I started the, the foundation and ultimately started the podcast. Good chance to, to meet people in the space doing something. And I think a lot of people like myself, you know, not journey journeymen you know, air quotes in there, not journeymen in the space, but really people getting into it and brought in either by their own personal experience or by others' experience and trying to do something uh, to make a difference. Cassia, I think you're no different. You know, I, I love our little pre-chat just at the very end too, especially, which is, I'd like to talk about my own burnout. You know, I raise my little, raise my hand kind of sheepishly and go, I, I'd like to share my story. Um you're from, I mean, the Silicon Valley, I look at your stuff, the schools you've been to and everything else, you've been on a high pressure career. You're pretty young, but you've been on, you know, in quite the, uh, you know, quite the high pressure environment, I imagine, mm -hmm. in the last several years. You got a cool podcast going. Um, you got some other stuff. Tell us what's going on. How did you end up? Tell us about Cassia. Yeah, well, it's so funny because as I hear you talk, I am a podcaster and immediately I have so many questions for you too. <laughs> so I have to like reel it back, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gotta, like, we'll hold forget it who's in. on the show. I know, I know. I might have to throw some in there, but yeah, Ken, I'm so honored to be here and I, I absolutely love what you have going on in the mission and just, I think the real humanity is the word that I would use that you're bringing to what you're doing. There's just something so beautiful about traveling across the U.S. to meet people and have real conversations about, I think, some of the more vulnerable experiences that people yeah. are having. And I, I frankly feel like that is something that we are missing as a society. And when we talk about some of the contributing factors of all sorts of mental health conditions, anxiety and depression probably being the most common ones, both of which I have acutely experienced in my life. Yeah. I feel like connection is such a contributing factor. So yeah, I just, I, I love what you're doing. Um, yeah. 
to share thank a little, to, oh yeah, um, <clears throat> thank you. To share a bit of background, I guess to answer your question, just so folks know who I am. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm Kasha, but uh, although I am podcasting now and working on tools to help bring mindfulness into day-to-day -day life for all sorts of humans, everything from the content on Nourish through to a planner that I'm designing right now and programming. Uh, I did work, as you mentioned, in Silicon Valley for 11 years, and I would largely say that that experience didn't just form a lot of incredible, you know, help me acquire a lot of skills and a lot of abilities. Mm -hmm. It shaped, I think, a lot of my identity and also helped me experience firsthand uh, horrible anxiety, burnout, and depression <laughs> at all different times. So thank you for that. But a very yeah. human experience that I think a lot of, you know, folks that you get to speak to relate to and you yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially the burn and the, you know, somewhere in there, the joy, right? Also the joy, you know, the, the moments of achievement, you know, and then somewhere in there is the burnout, right? This, oh, yeah. this core, I mean, the corporate, I, you know, for sure, the last eight, right before COVID, there was nothing but up, mm. you know, every business was up, right? And just grinding and producing at a fast pace. And I think that really, Going into COVID, people were already probably at the end. You, know, you can only go so hard so fast. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Although I will say that, at least in my experience, so I was working at Microsoft at the time, and a company that I actually think is fairly informed and conscious and attempts mm. to provide a lot of resources for mental health. Uh, but the department that I was in at the time, was related to video live streaming. So tools like these, but for corporations, Ooh. right? So that was actually a very, very busy time for yeah. the entire team. So I think uh, in a way, I know that a lot of people found great ease in perhaps working from home and that offered a lot of flexibility. Of course, a lot of people lost their jobs, which is horrible, horrible as well. Yeah. But I think um, I think everybody had a very unique experience when it came to that transition, mm. for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd very much agree to that. Um, tell us, what is your what are you doing on Nourish? What's the kind of focus on that? What kind of guests are you looking for? And what's what are you trying to what are you trying to who are you trying to lift up on that with the with the platform? Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing it because it's such a deep um, it's something it's work that really comes from my heart, yeah. I would say. Um, so the vision behind Nourish is to help people integrate their whole selves into every aspect of their world. And by that, I mean everything from your kind of ambitious hustle side that our culture really celebrates through to yeah. something that might be a bit more spiritual. And I think that mm. aspect of integration is very important for a state of wholeness in our world. And I think a lot of us may we be kind of seeking the next milestone to achieve and burning out along the way or feeling that sense of perhaps apathy and emptiness that might come from experiences that kind of go in the opposite direction that might feel very low. Mm -hmm. We're seeking that sense of integration and wholeness. And so the conversations that I have are really – I speak with experts who share – everything from stories through to research in the field of mind, body, spiritual integration. 
And it's something oh, that is so near and dear to my heart. Thank you. Mind, body, and spirit. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is kind of covers it, right? I mean, I what have you got. I mean, the only <laughs> thing left there, like the only thing left, is kind of nutrition. Like you know, as far as body. like uh, you know, the, body that, right there, and, and you just put that into the body, right? How you yeah. worship the body, take care of yeah. your body, the, uh, yeah. exercise, nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is partly too. I think that's a topic that's very, or that triangle is very much missing in in a lot of our our ways of looking at lot. You know, just wholeness. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're, I think this nourish concept is beautiful. If you nourish those three spots. You're you're gonna be okay. I mean, yeah. you know, you're gonna have some rough spots, but you're gonna you're gonna you'll be okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will say though that I think that there's a misconception around what nourishment really looks like, um, hmm. where there's been this kind of uprising in a lot of self care practices, and sometimes the okay. nourishment has to go beyond, let's say. Although baths are amazing, I have nothing against baths, but like <laughs> seven baths a week might be what you need. But in some cases, having some of those kind of deeper explorations may be with like your spiritual side or who you are mm. as a human being beyond what you do or what is the root behind some of the anxiety that you're experiencing. That is also what I would consider nourishment. So kind of accepting what is coming up for you in your life and embracing that and taking care of that is really what that kind of trifecta looks like for me. Yeah. For you. Yeah. No objection there. I'm just now getting into the whole triangle, you know, like looking at this (laughs) trifecta, right? I'm just now starting to get my head around it and going, this is and coming through the conversations with people like yourself that are looking at it now. I do think we're getting a lot more of this this whole this whole view of what's important in mental health and how to balance. The spiritual side is kind of interesting because mm. it gets quite tricky in communication, right? Mm. Spirituality versus religion, you know. And and I think right now we've got, you know, I think it's not a it's almost like a taboo in a way, right? Corporate and spirituality gets a little you're like you're crossing into this really thin gray line how do you balance that i mean because you know for like i wrote a book called dear for full disclosure i wrote a book called dear god oof and what was that wait wait wait, wait. what was that about yeah, (laughs) yeah and so and i call it the unfortunate title okay because you know i'm not a christian so I can't, you know, I, I I can't go speak at churches and talk about what the book says about, you know, God. And yet I can't go to corporate because of the book title like that. No HR person's going to let me within 100 miles of their other organization. <laughs> so I call it the unfortunate title. Um, but it's not it's not it's really a, it's kind of a, a joke in a way, a personal inside joke, because it's ultimately been a great book for me to write. And it's spiritual. I mean, it's really a look at, um, you know, just real quickly, it's the inner, it's like three circles in a square and the inner circle is book of self. Mm. And that's your yesterdays, your todays and your tomorrows, everything in your mind. And then the book of others is a little outside circle. And that's between you and another human acceptance, forgiveness, compassion. And then the outer one is kind of the humanity, the book of all or the humanity part. And that's uh, love, karma and service. 
And then the last book is kind of the squared part, which is the spiritual part, which is the book of you, meaning God or higher power. And, and those are faith, hope, and prayer. Mm. And I found it. And the questions in the jar are all from the book. Mm. So it's 444 questions that I generated from the 12 topics. Mm. And so it's an, you know, it's a real deep dive into those topics with each person without really kind of seeing it because the way the questions are written, it doesn't seem like there's only 12 topics. Um, probably seems like there's, you know, it's a bit more, just a more broad general um, conversation. Right. But they don't, you miss this, this kind of actual topic part. So I, but I do find that spiritual side quite interesting, you know, because mm -hmm. I have nine of the topics are quite, you know, amiable. And then mm -hmm. I've got faith, which people can interpret differently. Uh, mm -hmm. Hope, which is often assigned to religious uh, kind of connotations and uh, prayer, which is, mm -hmm. you know, obviously spiritual or religious. So it's, it's kind of interesting. How do you, how are you balancing this kind of thin gray line between, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I find it's, it's, it's fascinating because the word spirituality is very loaded and I think it can mean different things for different yes, people and for different people agree. It can mean religious. It can mean, mm -hmm. you know, agnostic and yes, um, it can mean agnostic as much as agnostic. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, it's interesting because you, you kind of brought up the term corporate and spirituality and like the intersection mm. and maybe the kind of how do you balance both. And it's fascinating because um, there's this incredible book that recently came out. It's called uh, The Good Enough Job by a man named Simone. And I'm blanking on his last name, but I can look it up for okay. you. The Good he, Enough Job. Good Enough Job. And he talks about how uh, so much of our identity has become tied to the work that we do. And this mm. kind of has increased with the decline in organized religion because according to Pew Research right now, about 27 to 30% of the U.S. population identifies as spiritual known. So not religious, re spiritual, but not religious or mm. not of a particular. Wow, 30% already now. 30%, right, right. Which so, is similar to the people I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just brings up such an interesting kind of point around previously our spirituality and our religion was a bigger chunk of our identity. And we had yeah. more to this life by default in a way, right? Where now with the questioning of that and the shifting of the role that organized religion plays in our life yeah. and more people kind of fall into that box, other things rise up in importance and identity like work. And so I think actually the irony is that even though spirituality and corporations feel at odds, work yes. in many ways has actually filled the gap that religion <laughs> has left behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, work is transitional, right? I mean, your identity through a job is very transitional, very undependent upon you, right? You have very little, you have very little say in that relationship in the end. Mm. And you know, it's very external people. too, right? It's very external. I mean, some people though, I've been around a lot of people who super, super absorb their identity and it's a 24 seven. I've seen a 24 seven kind of a thing where even mm -hmm. socially they're a, they're a corporate, their, their, their corporate identity follows them. Yeah. Um, 
So that happens, right? There, I mean, there are people that's 24 seven. Yeah, interesting. That is interesting. And the spiritual side is, you know, that's an anchor that you're under control, right? Your relationship there with either your church or your, or your God, or your, you know, your spiritual alignment, you kind of in control of that. Mm. And the work side, you're very much kind of in, you know, a little bit in control feels. And also, I mean, I think control, in addition to control, I think another factor to look at is your work is what you produce, right? And in a, hmm. a culture that is optimizing for that and already kind of provides a lot of celebration around what, oh, you, produce around what you produce is your value, right? Yes. When you are not of a certain title in your job or you aren't making a certain amount or you're not working at the right company and that is your identity and it is representative of who you are. I mean, there is and, – and I'm – Frankly speaking, not just from, you know, the the research that I've done and this beautiful book that I'm reading, but also my personal experience when that goes away, it's like yeah. you lose who you are. And I think that can be very uh, unsettling in my experience, at least I've definitely found that right where you I put so much effort into work. It was my identity being a yes. high performer was exactly yep. who I am. Right. But when I chose to walk away and create something new, there was a huge hole because that wasn't there anymore, right? So it's like burnout versus full-on, you know, Be like a, a complete, like, uh, upending. Anonymity in a way, like, you know, not anonymity because you're still, yeah, it's, you lose that identity. That is a, and that's a gap, especially if you've tied yourself around it. I mean, you're going out to work after work. You go out for a cocktail or a con you know conversation. You might have dinner with people after work a couple nights a week. I'm sure, mm -hmm. right? In that kind of environment, it's manic, and oh, you got yeah. deadlines, emails at 10:30 at night with each other. You know about tomorrow, and and then poof, it's gone. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things to recognize is when you spend, I don't know, 12 hours a day at work with the yeah. people at work. And that is the community you surround yourself with. You go to yeah. networking events. It's all around the same thing. You've built up your identity as a high performer at these types of companies in this kind of a role. And mm -hmm. when you're not performing, when you're not a part of that, there's like a sense of emptiness then that's there. And I think just bringing awareness to not just like the effects of, you know, trying to create value through what you do, which leads to burnout, which frankly, you know, if not done the right way without listening to like your physical cues and what your body is telling you, that can lead to burnout, but also kind of mm. the dangers mm -hmm. of completely tying yourself to that in terms of how yeah. upending that can be. Yeah. Absolutely. And what did, how did you navigate it? Cause you've, 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 it seems like you've successfully navigated it. You may have some road rash <laughs> from it. <laughs> what is, what was that like jumping off the bus going 50 miles an hour, trying to catch your feet? Oh my God. Well, you know, the first thing that I think I want to call out is like what I'm sharing with you is something that I wasn't aware of when it was happening. And so I just really I, want to acknowledge that. I, okay. Yeah. I, so also I have my own, you know, kind of, I have my own similar, right. I also jumped yeah. off the bus at 50. Yes. So, so yeah. So tell us, <laughs> tell us in hindsight, as you've looked back, you know, mm. now that you've got the, the benefit of some yeah. rear view mirror. 
So I think the first thing that I recognized is, you know, we talked about before we jumped on here is, you know, like the effects of burnout and the effect that can have mm -hmm. on your mental health. And I think that is so yeah. true and high pressure environments and environments where there is a lot of, um, I think, uh, expectation and a lot of risk for failing, um, which tends to be the case at some of these companies in general. That is entirely true. But I think one of the things that I realized in hindsight is that I, I need to take personal accountability for my role in that. Meaning that when I left Microsoft and I started my grad school program, uh, I kind of expected to heal my burnout and suddenly feel all, you know, a, a bunch more, you know, content and like manage my time better and not overwork. But okay. I just took the same practices that I had honed over at Microsoft and in my 11-year career working in tech and just applied it into, at this point, studying <laughs> traditional Chinese okay. medicine, right? The irony, the irony. I'm, I'm studying Yeah, Dallas that's theory. really good. Yeah. And so I think that is the most pertinent hindsight that I have, right? Which is what kind of brought me on this path of investigating like, well, why am I behaving this way? Which is why I think the uh, role yeah. that your value in society and having that be tied to your productivity can have on life has like really been something that has become more present for me. But at the time, it was just doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you did. You just changed hats, and you yeah, really, your exactly. behavior. Your behavior was exactly the same, just in a different Correct. skill set, a different playground. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that kind of. You, personal accountability in the contribution that I had in, in yes, my burnout yeah. is probably the yeah. biggest uh, takeaway that I have, like looking back at that, you know? Yeah. it, And I, I think that's right. It's a good observation. I, I think, you know, in your defense, this it's that youth and the vigor and the culture they create. Right. And there's mm. almost the exclusivity. There's no, you know, there's hardly any reading any books. Right. There's no mm. self-study. You're just grinding and mm. achieving for the project and for the client and for the next, you know, the boss's quarterly review or whatever it is. Mm. So it is. I mean, this was my own experience. It's absolutely 100 percent all in on the job. Mm. And I had several jobs like that where it got increasingly manic. Mm. And then all of a sudden, poof, I was in this super, super slow matrix like I went into some sort of, I was going 120 miles an hour and then I was in reverse motion for, for a while. Like, like it slowed down to when you left, point. when you left or before you left. I had even. some, yeah, before I left, I had a, uh, there was a period I had a role change mm. and, um, and I wasn't really prepared for it. I was still, you know, my, I still had all my, my whole factory was producing the right chemicals in the right balance. You know, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely producing the super performer hormones and mm -hmm. uh, and doing really well. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, I was in a very soft job mm -hmm. and that trying to catch up to that. But what happened was a lot of creativity popped up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I found was I was actually the creativity part was there to fill in the void. So I was lucky in that way. I had I had something and I did some intentional things for myself to kind of to steer the energy. And I think that was one kind of one thing I got right 
um, was that, and that did, that did kind of help me, but you know, still I did, st- I did sit on a chair for about six months staring out the window with some PTSD for sure. <laughs> little, so I'm curious, out. I'm curious, like, as you kind of reflect on that period of time where you were hustling and going like hundreds of miles an hour, right. Which I can yeah. so deeply relate to. Um, yes. what was like, why were you doing it? Like, why were you doing it at the time, right? Like, oh, why, yeah, it's just the, what was it? Yeah. What was it? Was it for the it's, team? Was it? To- yeah, it's for the, it's for the, t- you know, you're doing it for your career. You're doing it for the the team, the company, the, you know, that particular team you're trying to lead uh, and the challenge, you know, a couple, I, I was, I was kind of a fix it guy. Mm-hmm. So they would put me into fairly adverse environments that were, you know, places that weren't performing very well. Um, and so to go in there and to fix it. So, you know, that takes an incredible amount of, you got to have, you got to come in with super energy and super focus. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's a brutal job. And you have sometimes have to, you have to do a lot of change management. So it's a lot of people stuff. You know, you move a lot of people that's painful, like painful moving people. I do a lot of, did a lot of restructuring and, uh, helping teams, you know, just get to the, you know, cause teams, they grow really well for, four or five years, four, five, six, seven years, the teams grow and then they get really discombobulated mm. because they're growing, you know, a little bit abnormally and you add a team here and it's structure there. And, you know, you end up very much with the wrong people in the wrong boxes and the mm. wrong boxes in the wrong place. Mm. And so you need somebody like me to come in when things, you know, go, go sideways and kind of restructure it and put the right people in the right spots. Mm. So that that's heavy work uh, yeah. to do. And, and it sounds um, like you were very it. good at it from what you're describing. It's like pretty good at it. Yeah. It's pretty brutal at it. Um, I have some good, I have some good, well, I had good experience. You know, I think it is too. You know, I got as good at it because I did it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have any super, there's no super skill just being able to apply that practice many, many, many times you get good at it, you know, mm-hmm. or, or you don't keep your job. Right. I mean, eventually you, you get better and better or they find somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, and eventually, um, yeah, I think this, I think it is a real challenge though. If you don't, I was lucky cause I did a couple of intentional things and I had, you know, um, and I had some creativity that I wasn't probably as aware of as I, you know, it was more powerful than I thought, but I think if you come out and you really are tied to the work and this is what you're good at mm-hmm. and you've got nothing else you can identify right away, mm. Mm, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. What did you do intentionally? Like, what were some of the intentional practice? Because you mentioned that twice. I bought a good. I bought a guitar. Hmm. <laughs> it's so a side another story. side of your dimension. I love that. See, yeah, like very multi-dimensional. A, not just the fixer. I'm not just the fixer. It turned out I was a good. You know, well, I'm not a very good guitar player, though. I can confess <laughs> to that. Um, <laughs> but it was good for writing songs. Mm-hmm. It's good for mm-hmm. writing music, and that's kind of what I used it for. It's a whole side story on the on the um, on the. That's a whole other story. Um, let's come back to you. Kind of. Let's see what else we missed. We got the nourish. What are you doing now? We're getting. We're about five minutes to go ish. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do now? You talked a little bit about your journal. You've got some yeah. other. What's happening with Nourish? What what do you see this looking like in six months? Yeah. So, well, as I mentioned, maybe this is a little premature, but we are going through it's a okay. pretty exciting. No one's li- no one's listening. I think. All right. Great. Well, when they do, it'll <laughs> until be until later. Hopefully, live. 
Um, but you could put it in the universe. I am putting it in the universe. We're we're going through a rebrand, so kind of shifting okay. the brand beyond the just title of Nourish, which um, you'll be seeing. I mean, if you follow the podcast, it'll just automatically update. So okay. please go follow it and you can see it along the journey. But what I'm really excited about is Nourish has been a means to share stories, content, wisdom, information, mm. research. And one of the things that I think is so important is, okay, perhaps Nourish might introduce people to the potential of living a integrated life, integrating okay. spirituality, finding identity beyond just how you are perceived on the outside or the work that you do and really going deeper than that and finding that wholeness within. But that's the content around people who have mm. done that or research and how do you actually apply that. And so that's really what I'm working on next. And I'm designing a planner uh, to help people start to integrate spirituality and that sense of connection, that deeper connection into day-to-day -day life. So rather than, you know, you go to work Monday through Friday, you're a hustler, you're a fixer, you're a product manager, whatever it is that you are. And then on your weekends, you meditate or you go on a yoga retreat for a week and you tap into that side of your life. How can you bring that into your life? So that way your entire life experience yeah, just... is, is integrated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm working on now. Um, and I'm so excited about that. So, um, yeah, it's going to have a lot of Zen principles in them. I'm a long-time awesome. meditator, and I love that. I love, love, love that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, this is something right up my alley right now. One, one of the things I'll come. I want to come back to that for the close. Yeah. Um, one, you said something really quite interesting, and I just was like thinking of my whole journey, and then the question you asked. You know, what you're setting up is a chance for people to be intentional. So to be at work, to do your career, but set aside intentionally, be intentional about the outside of work and, and, and apply these other principles mm -hmm. to bring mm -hmm. some balance. And that's kind of what I was, I think my experience was being intentional with different parts of my life made a difference. And that compartmentalizing, you know, this is my work life, this is what I'm doing, but this is also my connection with myself, my mm -hmm. connection with my creator. Uh, you know, my yeah. spirituality side. And I have just started, uh, it's kind of funny, I just started going back to some really OG motivational, uh, I say motivational speakers, but writers around the space of mental health and spirituality. Yeah. And, um, and these guys, you know, Dale Carnegie, um, yes, you come back mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, it's just, I was just listening to um, Earl Nightingale. Mm. And he's, He's got this. It's not the strangest secret because that's the book. It's it's the secret. It's the strangest secret. Maybe he's got like before the secret. He's got another secret. Uh, and but it is a lot of this is around, uh, you know, waking up. And, you know, before you go to bed and before you wake up, you have a similar ritual. You know, you look at your goals. You look at why that's important to you. You do some some meditation or prayer. So whether, you know, you, whether you're praying, you know, whether you're internalizing some harmony and peace or whether you're externalizing, having a conversation, you sit there and you do the, some box breathing, you know, and so you get this. So when you, when you, when you sit up in the bed, you've already had a 15, mm. 20 minute 
moment where you're kind of just present and you're not death scroll. You haven't picked up the phone. You're not death scrolling in the bed. Mm-hmm. You've actually got some great breath. You've just kind of re-articulated to yourself and the universe what's important to you and what you're going to accomplish. And then you kind of you're you're kind of like a zombie. Your your some your subconscious just takes you through the day because mm. it's already mm. you went you went to bed and programmed it. You know, because you laid down and said, "This is what I got to do. These three things tomorrow. These are the three things I'm going to accomplish tomorrow." And okay, I got meetings or whatever else, but these are three things that are important. And I want to become a top ten podcaster. And I want to, you know, want to have cash flow that allows me to make sure people see my story and people, other people's stories. And then you lay down anyway. So it's that normal kind of goal conversation with your health. And these guys are so old school, but that stuff is bananas simple. And And it works. It definitely works. (laughs) And it it works. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. It works. I will layer one other thing on top of that, and that is in addition to being intentional and being a goal setter, I've been setting goals since I was 15. I read Brian Tracy. I don't know if you've read his book, Goals. That's like another OG of goal setting. He's pretty OG. He's pretty OG, yeah. He's like the original. But I think when I talk about kind of like integrating also aspects of mindfulness and principles mm-hmm. from Zen into this, I think it's yeah. important to um, not just uh, like have the goals and the intentions in mind, but also come back to the present moment and recognizing mm-hmm. that, you know, the present moment is really all that we have and how can I be content and okay mm-hmm. with what is because our lives, as we work towards those goals, there are a series of experiences. Sometimes we'll mm. be sick. We're going to have physical pain. We're going to go through divorces, through mm. people passing in our lives. And I think it's amazing to program in and choose to feed the you know, kind of nourishing thoughts as opposed to the mm. negative inner dialogue and like kind of apply some principles from cognitive behavioral therapy in there. But I also think it's really important to have at least some outlet in your day where you, just as you are, okay, with morning breath and all, are okay, right? And that's something that I'm trying to bring in as like a type A perfectionist. I was never enough. I was always striving for the next thing. That's really what <laughs> burnout. You know, I think you can relate. You got to be the best fixer. You're known for this oh. stuff. And so how can you kind of integrate a little bit of peace and compassion Mm. and real self-love for yourself as you are? And this is something that I try to do and it's a practice. It's not like a constant state. And I want to offer not just the goal setting and hitting those Mm. goals in the planner, but also something that is like internal inherent worthiness and cultivating that every day too. I love that. String together these moments in the day. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Um, just, you know, a little, and the hum, probably my funnest thing now, and it's, I don't, it's really wasn't me before, but it was and it wasn't. Um, but just stringing those personal moments, the person, you know, I, I, th- this intentional part, I'm very, or the, the mind, uh, the present, being present in the moment. And I'm very much a fan of this, um, mm. especially with, people interactions mm. and, and trying to take those really, you know, like when I check in at the hotel, I'm very 
intentional. I treat the person like a, you know, a real human and ask questions and try to, you know, make sure I leave them better than I found them. Mm. Um, I think that's, you just feel warm when you walk away and you've made a personal, like a, a human contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it leaves something with your, with your, with your, you know, your energy, right? It's, it's something there and you actually create, you know, their energy kind of like pops up as well. It's not like a, they give you something and you take something. You're yeah. creating this, this energy for both of you. And it's a moment for both of you in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, since this show is about mental health, there's a lot of very recent research out there that the NIH has published about the connection between yes. loneliness and depression yes. and anxiety. And it's, it's tough because it's a catch 22. If you're isolated, you don't want to see people and you're more isolated, but that is so <laughs> evolutionarily important for us. So I love that you're doing that. You're, you're giving that to the person you're speaking to, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a little card. I, I've shared this a couple of times. My business card has my business stuff on one side and a question from the show mm. on the other. So I use that as kind of a gimmick. I'll call it a gimmick to introduce, to say hi to people. Uh, so I call question of the day. How about a question of the day? Everybody loves it. And the weirdest thing is everybody loves a question. It's the dumbest thing ever. And everybody's like, sure. Yeah. You're <laughs> definitely just, a podcast host. <laughs> yeah. And I just open up the, the, I give them a fan out about 20 of them and they pick one and we have a, you know, sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes we don't. Um, and it's just a quite, it's, so it's fun. I think just touch people as you go through and, you know, there's so many opportunities to, um, to share and just be a good, to be a good human. Cassia, this has been a lot of fun. Very interesting. Likewise. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on, truly. I I want to have you on in like six months because I think what you're you're gonna be in such a different place. Huh? I would love a part two. We can connect again, have this yeah. through the screen. Yeah. Maybe you'll be in California and we can do this in person. I, okay. I will be in about six months, right? I think I'm gonna yeah. finish, I'm gonna finish around December. And this late December, that'll have me right up in, um, uh, right up in Portland. So, so it's middle, it's, you know, right around just before Christmas, I should be up in Northern Cal. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Okay. I'll see you there in, in real let's, life. <laughs> let's stay, yeah. And I'll get you on the jar. Yeah. Oh, that'll you be, can be a, You can be, I've had a few, a few of these shows have turned into jar hosts, jar oh, guests. Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah. I've got, and I have, um, somebody in, um, uh, oh, I'm going to forget her name, Amy. Uh, I just chatted with her a couple of days ago and she's in Austin. Love and it. She just, she just saw the ad and sent me a note uh, for that. We did an ad for the, for, for people to join. And so she just sent me the ad. She saw it. It's awesome. So I'm going to see, I saw her like you and now I'm going to sit down with her in the jar. Super cool. So Super cool. cool. Thanks everybody for listening and supporting uh, mental health today as we kind of, you know, go through and meet people at Cassia and hear your story and, and just hear what you're doing. Love to follow along, kind of excited to see what it looks like in six months. Cause you're, you're shape, you're putting these building blocks together. Now you've got your second version. You're, you're honing in on it, bringing in the East West. I, I, I love it. It's right up my alley. Here we go. I'll see everybody on the other side. I'll see you on the other side. Stick around, Cassia. <laughs> I will. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and 
make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're gonna go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.